What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Dad Needs to Talk. I am your host, Robert, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about some manga legends and some new anime stuff I've been checking out. So let's get to it. How's everybody doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty good myself. It's been, I don't know, if, I don't know, for some reason, strange is the word that comes to mind. Um, I don't know why, but it's just like, it's like some parts over the last, you know, few days, week, whatever, have kind of you know, made me feel off. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know why, you know, but, you know, I guess, you know, just one of those things in life, you know, we, we just kind of you know, get in certain moods and things kind of, uh, you know, ebb, <clears throat> sorry, ebb and flow, but I'm here, you know, excited to talk about, you know, our, our usual manga chapters, plus a couple of new things, um, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I guess I have like this like weird exhaustion on me for some reason. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's like, it's like, man, I wish I could take like another like week off from everything, like work, everything, and just like, you know, find a little corner to go hide in and just chill for a week and just kind of like recharge. Cause I don't know. Cause it's like, you know, I, I've, you know, I saw somebody recently kind of bring this up and of course, some of you know, I've heard of, you know, over the many years of my life that I've had in my short 31 years, but, you know, just the whole notion of, you know, don't live for the weekend, you know, because that, you know, and, you know, when, when you kind of stop and think about it, that does kind of suck, you know, it's like, okay, you know, busting your butt every day working or doing whatever you do during the weekdays, um, and just speaking for like, like the typical, you know, work situation, whatever, like a Monday through Friday, you know, it's like you bust your butt every day just to look, just to look forward to the day or couple of days you maybe kind of get off of work, but then you might still have other errands and chores and life and family responsibilities and stuff. And, and I don't know, I, I just don't like thinking like that, you know, um, and of course, you know, hey, we, we all do it. You know, it's like, man, it's Monday or man, it's Wednesday. You're like, okay, just a couple more days till it's Friday, you know. But you know, it's like, it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to do better and be better about, you know, trying to make something out of more days than just oh, I'm looking forward to these four or five days going by just so I can maybe have one day off. Because you know, I feel like you know. In some ways, it's definitely, you know, not, not a healthy way to live and way to think with stuff like that, you know? And and I guess in some ways, it kind of, I guess in, in a way, it kind of makes me hopeful that somehow, some way I am able to, you know, maybe within like the next handful of years, whether it be, oh, hey, who knows, you know, something, you know, somebody... You know, somebody somewhere, 
saw my podcast and shared it with their followers or whatever. And now, hey, you know, biggest new podcast in the world by Robert, <laughs> you know, and then I can just kind of live the podcast life. But I don't know. I, I, I've had like a couple ideas and stuff of uh, things I would like to do. And maybe in some ways rather be doing because, you know, while, yes, I, I am one very grateful and fortunate to have a job, period. But, you know, and, and of course, you know, I do still love doing my IT work. But like, like I've mentioned in the past, you know, my, my job is in all things considered, you know, fairly straightforward, fairly easy. Um, in the grand scheme of things, especially compared to like some stuff I had to do with previous jobs as an IT guy, you know, it's like, it's like over the course of me being, being in this profession, you know, I've, you know, gotten to work, you know, on the inside with, within Microsoft and with the latest and greatest technology during those years when I was there and working with virtual machines and racking servers and doing all kinds of cool little stuff there to, you know, working at one of the biggest hospitals here in the DFW Metroplex and, you know, getting a chance to, I feel like, playing my small part and helping people's lives and stuff. Um, and, you know, and heck, you know, even doing the crap I had to do at my last job, being my last job being the only IT person for a used car dealership, you know, covering, you know, 10 to 15 buildings across DFW by myself, you know, whereas here, like 95% of my job, I'm stationary. I'm in one location, one building. Um, you know, occasionally I might have to travel out to a clinic or, or a urgent care facility, or whatever, to deliver some equipment to the field techs there or to help out with the new set up of a new location, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, I have a pretty chill job, which, like I said, I am very grateful for because honestly, me being in that situation, one, it has helped me out because, for one, because of the recent life things I went in with, you know, and apologies to anybody, you know, if I keep bringing this up, but, you know, just for the example, I actually know. Do not apologize, Robert. I said that in pockets I did yesterday. I don't feel sorry for expressing stuff. Um, but me being where I am now with the situation that happened with my mother and my sister in the last six months or so, October, November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, about six to eight months. Um you know, me not having as big of a stress load, you know, has allowed me to properly try to deal with the situation versus, man, if if I just went through what I went through my family-wise at my previous job, <laughs> this podcast probably for sure would have never happened because I'd probably be somewhere in the, in the loony bin with a straight jacket on, you know, having to deal with that company while trying to process the stuff I'm going through because they they really don't give a care at that last job. But um, 
But yeah, so but but back to the point of like me being able to deal with that, as well as me being able to do what I do with this podcast, because a lot of the researching and checking out stuff that I do during the weekday happens when I'm at work, because it's like, okay, hey, some some days I have boatloads of downtime to where it's like, hey, there's little hours like half of my day. I am doing nothing but just waiting for a request to come in sometimes or, you know, or we don't have a big project we're working on. And so, like I, like I mentioned this on a podcast episode a few weeks back about maximizing my downtime, it's like, yes, it's fine. You know, hey, you know, surfing the web and da, 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 just mindlessly, you know, watching puppy videos or whatever. But there's also a thing of, you know, okay, instead of me just waiting to tell them off of work, since I'm fortunate enough to be in this position and they don't really care, is obviously as long as you ain't looking at nothing illegal on the company network or whatever. Um, yeah, I use that time. I'll watch how to YouTube videos or hey, suggestions about you know, best practices for podcasts or whatever. I'm, I'm out here networking, making connections, I'm messaging other podcast people in the community whatever like hey reaching out to them checking in on them you know making moves you know like like one one of my favorite gifts that came out of the uh, kind of funny community is of uh, the uh, writer they have on their team that's working with them or whatever Gary Witta as y'all might know who wrote Book of Eli and Star Wars Road One but he had a saying he did one time and I use that gift all the time but it's if you're not making moves you're standing still and yeah it, it, you know like I said let that process in your brain for a second if you're not making moves you're standing still so yeah I do what I can with that downtime and try to maximize it to, to my best ability and best potential and so, so yeah, so with with me going on the whole tangent, what I was saying was, or what that was leading to was, you know, me realizing that while, yes, the job is easy, I also know that I can be doing so much more, you know, during these days and weeks and stuff now like I said I am very grateful for what I have now because in these early stages like I said it's allowing me time to breathe process research learn gain knowledge to better myself for whatever my for whatever potential future might come um you know because like, like I've mentioned before we never know who is watching, who is listening, where, you know, the words I say on this podcast, whose ears they might reach, or, you know, all the years that I've been writing manga, anime review posts in these different anime groups, whatever. You never know who, where, is seeing what, and keeping tabs. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I like that, I don't like that, so on and so forth. And so I definitely want to, you know, and I, like I said, I mentioned this before, doing everything I can to make myself ready for any potential 
um, things that might come my way, you know, because because I don't want to, you know. And so yeah, no, just uh, just want to be ready for when and if opportunity comes knocking that I have at least some form of foundation in place to be able to move or or pivot quickly if need be because honestly as I'm getting older and you know like I mentioned before on a previous episode about like paying attention to your body and listening to when your body is trying to tell you stuff so the other day at work when I was working on um what were we doing uh Oh yeah, so <laughs> we got 11 pallets of new PC, desktop PCs in. That was about 252 computers. So me and one other guy, you know, and it took us like, we, we split it up across like a few days. We probably could have knocked it out in less time, but once again, it's like, hey, we have the time to be able to work at our own pace because stuff that's going out where that needs to be deployed, we usually have that stuff, you know, set up and ready days if not weeks ahead of time so we're just trying to stay some form of ahead of schedule many who say so we're working through these 200 something, something computers and towards the end of might have been that first day or whatever um i was doing something and then my right hand which that's my dominant hand it's feeling weird can i try to do it again and basically i was having a damn muscle spasm and it hurt like hell you know it was like like my whole hand, kind of down my wrist a little bit, and you know, it's of course no how you're doing the same repetitious movement for you know hours and hours at a time, back to back to back, and so you know that was just kind of like another sign for me of like, okay, yeah, even though like I said, like even though like yeah, the job overall is pretty straightforward and chill, but it is a lot of like monotonous tedious work that I don't know if my body would hold up you know from now until retirement which would be another 30 years wow <laughs> which which is kind of weird to think about because you know it's just like I'm 31 and retirement is what somewhere around like 60 to 65 somewhere in there and so me thinking that in a way I have lived halfway to that point. I don't think I could do this for 30 more years, you know? Um, like I said, at least like at the pace that it that it is and stuff. Like I said, I just don't think my body would uh, would hold up. And so it's just like, like I said, another thing where it's like, okay, I need to use the time I have here wisely. Like I said, it's like, okay, I'm a pour as much time and effort and research and whatever smartly into setting up the podcast to be, you know, to, for its potential, you know, and like they say, hey, podcasting is a marathon, not a race. Um, and, and I've had to try to keep reminding myself that constantly because I am very bad about all throughout the day, I'm refreshing the Anchor app or I'm refreshing this and that over there like, okay, hey, Okay, Ooh. oh yeah, yeah, I got, I got one more listen. Oh, hey, I got two more. And it's like, I can't do that. <laughs> I have to get myself out of that habit, you know, um, which is hard. Like I said, with me, you still being new, but it's, you know, 
like like back when I used to run cross country back in high school, that was playing the long game. You know, hey, yeah, it'd be, it'd be some dudes or some people that would, you know, get out there and get past me, you know, for that first mile. But best believe, hey, my 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 mentality when I ran cross country, and I'm not the I'm not the do like a like a cross country <laughs> episode or whatever because I don't want to do that anyways. But, um, but I guess just like a little teaser, you know, I would start strong, find a good pace, stay within the pack, and then throughout the next couple of miles. I would slowly pick off people one at a time. And I kept a count of where first place was and where I was. Cause, and and I, I might have even mentioned this on like one of the earlier podcasts. But what I used to always do at cross-country races is every every race, right before the guy shoots the gun for us to start, I would always ask, like, hey, uh, how many positions are we getting medals today? You know, top 10, top 15, whatever. And once the person be like, oh, oh, yeah, today we're doing top 10. Okay. And so what I would do, I would always be within eyesight of the first person. And so a lot of the courses had, you know, not every single one, but a lot of them had like big open areas where, you know, you could see pretty far ahead. So... We always, down in our region, down in Southeast Texas, whatever, all my years of high school, there was always one person on our team, there would always be one or two, minimum. And so I would use that person as a marker for myself of like, okay, hey, we got out, you know, shut it down, cruise control. We get to open space, I look I look across the field, and I see, oh, okay, there's Gary, or hey, there's... There's Charles Chambers or whoever. I see them or Zach. Okay, so I know that they're roughly maybe top three. So that would be my countdown from them. Like, okay, and I would, you know, look across as I'm running and count from them. Like, okay, if they're roughly top three or whatever, and then count from there to me. And then, like I said, that's when I would slowly start piece by piece. Uh, all right, pass the one person. You know, now I'm in, you know, 12th place. Passed up another 11th. Passed up another 10th. Okay, we're doing top 10. I'm not going to sit here in the 10th spot because that's dumb. So I'm going to go up uh, maybe to 8th. And then we'll play that. We'll, let this, we'll battle this out when we get on that straightaway. Because it's okay. Hey, I get a few places ahead. And then... Yeah, that, that's how I did. And so and so I need to treat, make sure I am remembering that mindset when I am doing this podcast thing of like, hey, you know, this could be something I'm doing for many years to come. And so I need to just pace myself accordingly. New followers, listeners, whatever, they will come with time. And once again, remembering the goal is to do this for fun, first and foremost, for fun for myself. You know, if people come, listen, great, you know, and, and shout out once again to um, everybody that's listening, you know, especially, you know, I have, like I said, like some old friends that I've worked with in the past, some old 
classmates, buddies, people that's like my brothers that have hit me up at various points. It's like, hey, listen to your stuff, man. So, hey, shout out to y'all. Just know Robert love y'all and appreciate all of y'all. Um, and yeah. And so, yeah, so, like I said, that, that's kind of where where I am. But yeah, it's like, it's like doing what I can to, like, hey, the podcast can be a potential option. And then I have some other stuff in the works. And then, you know, people have mentioned it to me before or whatever about, like, doing more IT stuff myself on the side. I have at certain points over the years. But, of course, that has dropped to little to none in recent years. You know, um, granted, no, I took the back. I, I had like a small spike last year with a few people from my last job that hit me up and I went out and did some stuff for them. And so, I don't know, maybe I need to at least like get back out there a little bit. Like I said, just like giving myself more options and stuff. Um, cause I know there's people that I've met that, you know, were doing, you know, side IT work, whatever here and there. And now they now they're fully independent, you know, doing their own thing, um, their own business, and they're you know, way more uh, financially healthy. Many times over compared to any company that they worked at before. So yeah, I mean, I need to look at that option. Then I have like another dream thing that I kind of want to do. Um, I kind of kind of. Don't really want to talk about it because once again, it's like you never know who's listening to this. They might take that idea. So <laughs> maybe one day I'll talk about it someday on the show. But um, but yeah, so like I said, just trying to set up stuff. Um, and kind of kind of last thing on that point, you know, I, I've kind of been thinking about, you know, I, I need to work with somebody, and I have somebody in mind, but work with somebody on getting like some official. Uh, getting a like a solidified logo for my podcast um, and then going from there potentially like a couple of pieces of merch you know bumper stickers and you know hat t-shirts stuff like that because you know one more find someone like hey dude you've only been doing this for two months so you're already, you're already talking about you know merch and stuff but it's also the thing of like you know Dad needs to talk is my brand, it's my thing, it's my baby. And so, once again, doing everything I can to set myself up for potential success, you know, that can help me personally, help me maybe give my family an even better life. You know, not saying that, hey, we're, you know, living in the dumps or whatever, but can always be better, can always do better. Um, because hey, I'm, <laughs> we we just signed a new lease for our apartment, and we're here for at least another year and a half. So at least like August of 2022. So just because we were originally hoping to, you know, maybe try to make some moves and stuff this spring, but you know, with with what happened family wise and then some other stuff that's going on, that just wasn't realistic. So it was like, you know what? While everything here isn't perfect, at least it's a it's a known quantity, you know, good and bad. It's a known quantity. So it's like, hey, now now I have a marker on the timeline for the next year to 
do what need to be done. Get some stuff situated. Get myself, my family back situated in the right mental state, everything to make that next move. And so, like I said, that's, you know, doing the branding stuff. Um, I'm, I'm also, you know, thinking I might do some stuff with and for my wife because my wife also, she does, uh, like I said, I might have mentioned this before, but, um, but she makes jewelry um, out of crystals. So, like, crystals and beads and different stuff like that. She makes, like, bracelets, necklaces, and stuff like that. And so, you know, she kind of gets uh, certain things to where, you know, somebody might see one of her friends wearing a piece and be like, hey, ooh, I like your, I like your bracelet. Where'd you get it? And then, you know, them asking, hey, all right, hey, do you have a card or whatever? And it's like, eh, I don't. And... You know, so yeah, so maybe, you know, like I said, I kind of want to look into doing some stuff for her on that front. You know, we always try to support each other and stuff. So, you know, get us some cards and stuff made. Um, car, business cards, that's something I've been, I've been so long overdue to do. Because um, like I said, especially when I used to do the IT stuff, whatever, you know, people are like, hey, thank you for helping me out. Do you have a card? So if, you know, if I have a friend that needs help or whatever, and be like, ah. I don't. Call me, text me, you can give them my number, you know. So, yeah, so definitely need to make some steps there. Um, and speaking of steps, <laughs> you know, just kind of um, real quick, a little bit of housekeeping or whatever, even though I've already like 25 minutes in, but hey, you know, sometimes we, sometimes we just got to talk it out. Um, I had did an episode yesterday talking about, you know, the struggles of taking that first step into something new. So, you know, definitely check that out. Um, as well as I did a, uh, kind of like a review of this new game called Aerial Knights Never Yield that I played on PS5, but it's on pretty much all systems. So, yeah, so check that out as well. Um, and, and yeah, and, and continue, you know, uh, to, uh, you know, tell your friends about the podcast, share it with others. Um, I have been steadily working and getting my stuff on even more platforms. I think I'm on iHeartRadio now. Um, I'm on Amazon Music Podcast Service and several other places. Uh, I think I'm even on some some service in the UK called Deezer. Um, and... Yeah, and, and uh, I think I even set up some stuff on the podcast app called uh, Good Pod. So, so yeah, so like I said, just doing what I can to try to set myself up for uh, success and stuff. Um, and, and I guess up front, before I get into like news and the show proper, um, I just kind of give a couple of shout outs to a couple of the podcasts that I found over the last week or so that's kind of helped me out because while, yes, I have tons of other gaming podcasts and anime and manga podcasts and stuff that I listen to but sometimes it's like okay I need something different and sometimes it's just like hey just hearing random people talk about their lives their experiences and stuff as well and so a couple that I found and the first one part of the language but this is the name of the podcast is called let me bitch bitch or let me tell you something bitch that one <laughs> has been super awesome to hear um it's a 
uh, awesome lady, basically just talking about her life, her experiences, and stuff like that. And the name of the podcast caught my attention. And then when I listened to the trailer for it, it was like, okay, I gotta see, I gotta see what's up with this thing. And then somewhat similarly, uh, another one um, by another lady um, named uh, Unlocked and Unloaded by Magna, Magda the Seer. So, yeah, like I said, if, if you're just looking for, you know, like I said, hey, you just want to hear somebody, anybody, you know, just, hey, just sharing stories or whatever, you know, like, you know, like I said, maybe just like some background stuff while you're working, doing other stuff or whatever, Check, check those two awesome podcasts and awesome ladies out. Because, um, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's a community. We, you know, got to show some support, show some love to everybody else. And, you know, hope people, somebody out there is doing the same thing for me, hopefully. So, so yeah. So, I'm going to take a first quick little break. Because I think that's all I need to uh, talk about. Um, actually, no, no. Actually, no. There, there was a couple other small things. Just one. I am currently on the hunt for a couple of manga volumes. I know, yes, yes, yes. I could probably just, you know, go on Amazon and buy them or whatever. And, hey, if it really gets to it or whatever, I will. But, so, I had went today to try to go and find um, 20th Century Boys Volume 3. Because, you know, we've I've done the read-through for the first two. Uh, Perfect Edition Volume 3. And... A new series or a new manga for me called uh, Smoke and Parade, which that series is by the same creator. And I just found this out this morning, the same creator as Dead Man Wonderland and Eureka 7, which I didn't even know that those two were even by the same person. But because um, yeah, when, when you look at the cover for Smoke and Parade, it gave off some familiar vibes, but I just couldn't place like what it reminded me of. And when I looked it up somewhere or whatever and I saw the author and I clicked on the author and it had Dead, Dead Man Wonderland um, it was a lady author uh, and she had Dead Man Wonderland and Erica Seven listed in her body of works and I'm like oh okay and then somebody I follow on Twitter had started reading it this morning last night one of this whatever was talking about it so I was like okay you know been been looking at that because that that volume every time i go to my the little local comic store that volume was always there by itself the only one from that series there by itself and i, I would always pick it up and look at him like hmm, someday well so my journey began today i had went to barnes and nobles first because i was like okay i freaking bought the, the freaking membership might as well go and try to get some benefit from it or whatever so they didn't have any of the Venice Saga books that I needed, they didn't have any of the 20th Century books that I needed. Like, they literally had, like, they had 20th Century 1, and then it jumped to 5, and I'm like, ah. Same thing with Venice Saga. They had, you know, 1 through 7, which is what I have, and then I think, like, 11, which is the other one I have, but I'm like, uh, I need, you know, 8, 9, 10. <laughs> and then same thing. This is my first time seeing more of Smoke and Parade, but they had like they only had like volumes six, seven, and eight or something like that or whatever. Six, seven, and ten, something. And I'm like, man. But I looked at the covers for all those and they looked super badass, super cool. And I was like, okay, yes, all right, cool. Hey, 
you know what? I didn't see them here. It sucks. I can't get my discount, but I know where they are. That and 20th Century Boys is waiting at me at the comic store. Went to the comic store and volume three of 20th Century Boys was gone. They had one, two, and four. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And then, and then I was, I was, I was like, you know what? Fine. They didn't have that. At least I won't leave here empty-handed. Let me go get that smoking parade. That sucker was gone too, and I'm like, God, dog it. <laughs> I'm like, man. I'm like, who, who else out here is trying to read? Is reading Twenty Century Boys and Smoking Parade? You know, and part of me laughed because I was like, I was like, it'd be really funny if that person that I'm following on Twitter that was talking about it, if she was the one. <laughs> <laughs> that you know oh, surprise surprise she stayed she's local and she freaking went and bought the, the volume so that, that'd be hilarious but it's all good I'll, I'll get to it eventually and I just kind of took it as, as a sign to like okay you know what maybe I just don't need this right now you know uh, so yeah so doing that um, and then the last little thing you know, I kind of uh, had an awesome connection I know of course won't say no names or whatever but you know this just a awesome example of you know hey you do good stuff you treat people good you know you keep and build good relationships with people then that will spiral out to other people I had a close friend who had recommended one of their friends to me for help that they're needing with the podcast and stuff and so so yes I got me some little side project work I'm gonna be doing um helping somebody figure out like some more of like technical stuff um, with with their podcast stuff, so so yes, I'm gonna have that kind of little side project to kind of chip away off over the next week, and yeah, like I said, just just very exciting, you know. Like I said, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, just set myself up for potential greatness, you know. Like I said, I need to, you know, get these get these get these business cards made and get this logo stuff made. Try to look at potential gear and. You know, shirts, hat, bumper sticker, you know, something um, for for my stuff and, you know, try to help my wife get her stuff off the ground. And, yeah, so we, we can get out here and get this hustle on, man. So, uh, so yeah, so, like I said, now I'll take our first quick break and then come back with a little quick news headline. Okay, so, the only news item but it's a big one that I have today is uh, and I'm pretty sure if, if, if you are within the anime and manga community you have probably heard of this already but in case if you haven't um, we had the unfortunate passing of a manga legend Kentaro Mira the author of a legendary series called Berserk. Now like I said, if 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 you are within the anime and manga community, you have probably heard or should have heard of the series called Berserk or at least seen something, you know, hey, whether it's be, you know, the main character Guts and his uh his his freaking giant sword or you know, all, all the memes of uh, Griffith did nothing wrong and, you know, the uh, 
the God Hand or the uh, or the symbol from Berserk called the uh, the Brand of Sacrifice. Um, but yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah, he he passed away. Um, actually, he passed away earlier this month. I believe he was. Hold on one second. Let me double check. Tara Mira. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he, he he had officially passed away back on May 6th, 2021, at the age of 54. Um, you know, he I forgot, I didn't jot down like what led to him, you know, passing, but yeah, like I said, unfortunately, like he had passed, you know, weeks ago, but you know, things just now officially you know, got out, um, and, yeah, this is, it's freaking sad, it is, it's, it's unfortunate, um, and, in in many ways, one, you know, just, just the loss of a life in general, you know, is always a, a very sad thing, and then, you know, when it's, you know, a, the creator of a legendary series, you know, one, one of the best, dark fantasy manga series or just series in general out there berserk and it's especially in like I said this, this is kind of like the other unfortunate thing of it or whatever it's like obviously you know berserk was still an ongoing series and you know think uh, as of today May 23rd 2021 when I'm recording this um there had been 363 chapters so far uh, a good chunk of those have been collected across 40 volumes and then there are 7 deluxe editions of those volumes with the 8th one coming out in a couple of months but uh but yeah so you know no, of course no that you know leaves the question as well as far as you know like okay hey, is this just it for berserk or will somebody else take up the mantle and try to you know finish his work for him because you know because sometimes you know certain creators if you know if they know that their time might be coming you know sometimes they pass along that knowledge of story stuff whatever to someone else or who knows you know, maybe he might have taken that with him to the, to the grave but but yeah but either way like I said it's 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 very sad to hear, like I said, the, the passing of, of such a legendary figure within, you know, the, the manga and anime, you know, works. Um, and, and Berserk has been going since, before I was born, since 1989, October 1989, so like a few months before I was born. Um, that's how long Berserk has been around. Um, but yeah, and, and, and this is definitely kind of, you know, brought into question again just like us thinking about so yeah so you know but yeah like, like I was saying the uh yeah th this has kind of brought up the discussion again you know about these crazy work schedules that a lot of these you know manga and anime creators be put under you know, because, uh, who was it? It was somebody, it was the, uh, 
I think maybe like the artist or somebody that works on the, the, the manga series called Gangster. And they were talking about how they, they had like some kind of like crazy either like ailment or something to where I, I think they said they had like, like, like hand paralysis. It was something wild. And, it, and they basically were like, hey, because of this, you know, I go at my own pace. I can only work for X amount of time a day or a week or whatever. Um, so that's why another chap, you know, a new chapter, whatever, might not come out for, you know, months or whatever. And so, so, yeah, so like, like, I just want to just say, just a reminder to all of us that, like, hey, we all love, you know, anime, manga, games, whatever it is that we love and enjoy. But we, you know, make sure we are remembering that there are real people like me and you that work on this stuff, that sacrifice their time, their family lives and stuff that to get this stuff out for us to play, to watch, to read, whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, definitely try to be, you know, patient chill with the words because you know of course the next one that came into conversation was Togashi and Hunter Hunter you know because we all know for years you know he has very notorious back problems but you know he, he gives him a lot the you know people online give him a lot of crap all the time because I was like okay like dude like you ain't put out a chapter in like three years what's going on blah blah blah, blah. but like I said we, we just gotta make sure we understand because hey I don't think anybody, I don't, at least like any of like the wider community knew that the Berserk Arthur um, uh, Kintaro Mirror, that he even had possibly any health stuff going on. It was like, it was like, yeah, we knew, you know, he would have breaks and hiatuses for like months, if not like a year or so at a time. But at least to my knowledge, you know, I don't know how widely known it was. That, oh, hey, yes, he had some illness or something going on and that's why he's on this these weird scheduling or whatever and now unfortunately you know he he is gone so yeah like i said just you know be be kind to each other be kind to others because you know like i said you just never know what somebody else is going through um in silence in secret whatever you know it's like, it's like just try to be as as understanding as possible you know with um with people, you know, that, that that's all we can do, so, yeah, so that, that's gonna do it, that's, like I said, that's the only thing for news that I had, so, I'm gonna take a quick break, and I'm gonna come back and talk about some anime and TV stuff. Actually, one last thing I wanna just tack on here, cause it just dawned on me, I was like, I was like, wait, I was I didn't even talk about, like, my personal experience with Berserk, so, Berserk is a series, I'm trying to think, I think the first time I had watched anything, like like the original 90s Berserk anime, I'm trying to remember, was I a teenager? I think maybe like late teens, I think, when I had watched that and really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely something that sticks in your, sticks in your mind, especially during the, uh, the uh, Eclipse moment at the end of that first anime season. Um... But yeah, that, that was like like that was my only like real exposure with the series at that time was watching that original '90s anime. Um, I had attempted to watch some of like the other stuff over the years, but when they did like the 
series in like 2016 or something like that or whatever. They had like the the crazy uh, CGI looking characters and stuff, and I, I just couldn't I just couldn't deal with it to watch it. Um, and and I don't think I I don't think I ever watched any of like the Berserk movies that was on. Uh, I think it was like the Golden Age movies or something that was on Netflix at some point in time. But what I ended up doing. Sure, I think it, it might have been maybe like three or so years ago at this point. Uh, I finally decided to read the Berserk manga because I just felt like it was like a big blind spot, you know, in my manga knowledge that, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm reading and watching other stuff, but wanted to expand, you know, what I, what I do. And like I said, and then to have more experience with it aside from just the 90s anime and so i ended up doing that and hunter hunter manga around the same time because i remember i had a talk with myself of like okay i need to know or i need to keep in mind i should say that that if i jump over and start reading these that there's a chance that I might never, you know, see the end of them because like, cause like with Hunter Hunter anime, I feel like that ends at a good place where it's like, Hey, if you don't watch or see or read anything past this, that is a good stopping point for anybody with Hunter Hunter. Now with Berserk, because of how the nineties anime was and stuff, whatever, I knew that there were like bits and pieces of the story I didn't know or wasn't super familiar with, but anywho, but yeah, like I said, it was just like, Hey, once I start reading this, whatever, I just got to know that, hey, there's a chance with how infrequent they release that, you know, this might be a, a unfinished work. But I took that plunge and I am very glad that I did um, because Berserk was a very awesome read and has so many freaking crazy moments and stuff. And and one, one of my favorite panels, which... By now, hopefully, if I did this right, you should. Uh, I think I'm trying to make it my uh, image for the for the episode, but it is it is a scene to where Berserk, uh, not Berserk, Guts is getting lifted out of the water, or it's the scene with Guts underwater being carried upward by a bunch of mermaids. It is just like like a very stunning panel to see. And so, like I said, that always sticks out in my mind. And then, of course, recently, hey, potential sorry, slight spoilers. Like, at, at least I'm glad that we did get to see Casca finally get her memories back after all these years. Getting to see that, getting to see her go back into action a little bit was very awesome. You know, that we at least got to see that. And so, so yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, yeah, like I said, glad that I did take the plunge. And, and I encourage anybody out there that maybe you were curious about Berserk and always wanted to try it. And even though, yes, there's a chance that it might never finish. What is out there, the 40 volumes, or, or if honestly, if you can get your hands on those deluxe editions, those things look so nice. So, oof, good. Um, I, I want to get them at some point. Um, but, hey, have, speaking of buying... Yeah, there's a chance if you go looking for them things, they're going to be sold out everywhere because 
Like a lot, like people buy that been buying those frequently anyways, but like after his passing, people snatched them up. Like it's sold out online in a lot of places or whatever, but like I said, you should still be able to find them here and there. But yeah, but like I said, if, if you have a chance to read it, read Berserk, check it out. It deserves to be read by as many people that they can, but of course know that hey, this is it is a very dark, mature series. Like I said, it's a dark fantasy, so it's very dark, mature, you know, nudity, you know, dismemberment, everything. So, um, so yeah, so like I said, I just wanted to make sure I talked about like my experience with the series as well during this moment. But, um, but yeah, so now <laughs> we'll, we'll take that next little break. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to go into talking about some anime and TV shows. So the first one I have here. Um, which, which I feel like I feel like most weekends <laughs> is the first one, but because um, it's definitely it's a, definitely a series or show that I look forward to every week since it's been airing, and of course that is Megalobox Nomad episode eight. So, so yeah, so this episode we had a big championship match between Liu and Mac, and. Liu learned his lesson. Uh, unfortunately, probably a, a forever life-altering lesson of not finishing off your opponent when you have the chance. So, you know, we, we had Liu kind of like basically just like being on defense the whole first round of the match while Mac was kind of going in, but basically like Leo was just trying to get a feel for him. Like, okay, you know, how he moves and works and stuff, whatever. And then that second round, uh, Liu just went in on, on Mac, just pop up, you know, dancing around him, you know, gave him a cut over his eye, all that stuff. And instead of finishing him off when he probably could have, he eased up a bit because he wanted to see this infamous Mac time. And so Mac kind of has this moment where a lot of matches were like, okay, hey, if he gets back into a corner, basically he best more or less pulls off like these like incredible feats and stuff. And so Liu wanted to see that. So like I said, he played around with him or whatever, and then he let him, uh, you know, make it to the third round. And... We get to that next round, and we see that Mac kind of starts, you know, you know, he's getting dominated again. Liu's kind of talking to him a little bit, and then it's like a switch flips in his head, and he goes off like that. There's a moment where Liu literally had him on the ropes, about to deliver the final blow, and like something triggered in his brain. It, it kind of reminds me of freaking uh. uh Anybody that's seen Code Geass when, uh, what's his name, uh, not Lelouch, uh, Suzaku, when he was fighting Colin and the Gurens and stuff, whatever, he's, you know, he had the Flaya device, and then, uh, Nino was saying, fire the Flaya, or whatever, he was like, no, I deserve to die, da 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 but at that moment, Lelouch, the Geass activated, 
and he dodged Colin's final attack. And he's like, I, I must live. And dodges it last second. That's the same thing Mac did. Like, Mac's about to get hit with that final blow. And he just like, like some, uh, like he had a observation hockey. Like he from One Piece or something. Like he dodged that hit. Bop, bop. Hit Liu. And... Yeah, he 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 pretty much just like went in and dominated, like to the to the point to where uh, what's his name, Yuri, where Yuri had to toss in the towel, but the freaking it's like it's like the damn towel was going in slow motion because Yuri called for his dude to toss in the towel, man. While the towel was up in the air, he like Mac time was in full force, like Mac was just bodying Liu to the point to where, you know, the match ends and, you know, Mac wins, but freaking, it looks like Liu is paralyzed now. That's how bad he got bodied, is he is now in the hospital paralyzed. Um, and so, as the episode goes on, you know, we, we have, we see, you know, Mac, um, you know, at home with his wife and his kid. They're just chilling in the backyard. Mac is playing with his son, I believe his son. And, you know, they're about to have food outside or whatever. And so his wife is like, alright y'all, you know, time you know, time time to end y'all's match and let's uh you know, let's let's time to eat. And she does like the you know, the classic take a spoon and bang it on the side of her glass like the tink tink sound. And that sound triggers Mac and he like dazes out and you know he's sitting on the ground for a minute so his son goes over to the table son about to start eating and like a zombie he just knocks his son's food on the floor on the ground and just starts eating the food off of the ground outside and so you know, the wife, you know, telling the kid, ah, it's, it's okay, baby. You know, dad, daddy is just really hungry. And so she goes later on and talks to the CEO of the company that gave him like that, that brain implant chip thing, whatever, to help him, you know, to be able to move and stuff again. And she tells him, like, hey, this is going on. These episodes are happening more and more. I'm not sure what's causing it. And yeah, man, yeah, th things are not looking good for, uh, for Mac. And with the way this season has gone, I am afraid that somehow Mac is going to unintentionally hurt his kid or his wife during one of his episodes. Because, you know, like I said, like we see how he, what happens when he gets into that mode in the ring. Now, it's less like, it's like what happens, you know, when that happens, when, uh, when, you know, he's you know, with family or friends or whatever. And so, you know, so the CEO does, like, all right, it's okay. I just need you to, you know, just stick with him. He'll, he'll be okay or whatever. But then we had a moment with, uh, shoot, I can't remember the lady's name from the, the, the her, her brother ran that company. Uh, oh, let me see. One second. Yeah, Shintaro, the Shintaro family. So we had a moment to where, 
Um, we got like a little flashback to where uh, the lady uh, Yukiko had met up with her brother uh, Mikio. And he basically told his sister that he's been doing some digging into you know the company behind the the little implant chip, and basically he's saying that like, hey, more or less that Mac is like a walking time bomb, and that that chip is messing up his brain, and that he is basically at the time he was putting together a thesis um, that he's about to that he's going to publish online or whatever paper or whatever, um, just basically just warning people about like hey they say this thing is safe but if you look at the evidence and so on and so forth and so so yeah so I, I don't I don't know how how this is going to play out but like I said it's definitely some some scary stuff like I said you know just saying how freaking Liu he, he played around too much unfortunately and he done paid the price now he is in the hospital paralyzed you know, and that's more probably the end of his career. And now we got, you know, Mac out here, you know, Mac time is just a matter of time, you know, before it freaking uh hurts somebody in, in, in the worst possible way. Because when, when he goes into that zone, that mode, he don't remember anything. He just kinda of just like blacks out and then wakes up, like, Oh, huh? Where am I? What happened? So so yeah, so I, I just like I said, I just have a feeling there's something Something crazy about to happen regarding that and and, and with the brother. Um, I, I hope nothing happens to, to the Shintaro brother while he's trying to write up this report. Because once again, like I said, with how crazy this season has been. And hey, death is definitely not off the table after we saw what happened with Chief. Um, I hope nobody goes for him. You know, when they find out, oh, hey, this guy's trying to, trying to uh, publish... You know, the story about the company and Mac and all this stuff, whatever. And he ends up getting taken out. So, so yeah. But, yeah. Um, Megalobox Nomad, episode 8. Like I said, just, like, great stuff. Again, another episode, another great episode. Another week, another great episode. Um, you know, it's just like, it's like, man, like, I wish there was more people talking about this series online. It's like, every Sunday, I watch the episode. And I search Twitter or whatever. Like, okay, cool. Who can I talk about this with? And crickets, hardly anybody. And so it's just like, man, it's just like so, so many people are sleeping on this season. But hopefully, maybe, you know, once it's all for at some point, somebody's like, hey, I'm looking for something good to watch, something new to watch, whatever. I'm definitely going to be recommending Megalobox. Like I said, uh, if, if you've never watched Megalobox, period, hey, go check out the first season. It's good and solid. But this second season is freaking fantastic. And like I said, if, if you have seen the first season, but haven't or didn't know that I'm not interested in season two. Season two is leaps and bounds to me so far, story wise, way better than season one. So, yeah, go check out some Megalobox. Alright, so the next thing I had checked out, um, just, just like I think, I think I've only seen maybe like two episodes. For sure, the first episode, maybe majority, if not all, of episode two. Of uh, the new Modoc series that's on Hulu, so <laughs> honestly, I, I had no clue. Um, or Marvel's Modoc, um, I had no clue really what to expect from this show because I have little to no knowledge or history with Modoc, and so 
you know, when, when I kept on hearing that name and that there was going to be a series for it, you know, the only thing that just kept on popping in my, in my head, I was like, I was like, is, isn't Modoc that big-headed dude, <laughs> you know, from, from, uh, from the uh, Marvel versus Capcom games? Like, he, he's getting a show? And so, uh, so yeah, so that, that, that is definitely who that is and, and who is, uh, you know, who, who is getting a show. So, uh, so yeah, so like, like I said, it, it's, yeah, just following this, you know, typical, uh, or, or this person that's usually, you know, a, uh, manga villain, <laughs> not manga, good Lord, <laughs> comic book villain, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, comic book villain or whatever, and just his like adventures, just running his evil corporation aim and and all this other stuff. Which now it just just clicked in my head that the Marvel's Avengers video game that came out last year, the main villains were aim, and I think I saw some screenshots or something of Mordok in the game. Okay, sorry, I'm just now I'm just now piecing these things together, but uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I just wanted to uh to check it out for a couple of reasons. Like I said, hey, something new to watch and check it out, whatever. But two, um, a new recent buddy of mine, I guess, or internet friend of mine uh, named uh, Mike Patton, uh, whose Twitter is at Patton Pending. He is a storyboard artist who I met via my cool friends over at the My Hero Academia podcast. Um, me and Mike got to be on some podcasts on a f some episodes here and there of that and, you know, got into chat and stuff, but he did some uh, storyboard artwork on this series as well. So for me, it was, it was like, you know what? I was already, you know, potentially thinking about checking out this series at some point, but I'm like, you know what? Hey, homie, friend, uh, Mike Patton, I'm going to go and uh, check it out earlier, you know, just, just, you know, like I said, just to kind of show, do my part to show support to, to, to the homie and stuff. So, um, and of course, hey, anybody out there that's listening, if you're looking for a storyboard artist to do some stuff for you, check them out. Like I said, at, uh, at Patent Pending, um, I think his website is patentpending.org. So, uh, yeah, check them out. But yeah, yeah, the, the episodes I checked out, they were solid um i guess i don't know maybe, maybe just because i wasn't paying enough attention when i was watching the commercials or the trailer or whatever but i didn't realize like how much the series like visually and style wise reminds me of uh robot chicken now there's a chance more than likely that there is somebody that's working on this that maybe uh that maybe worked on robot chicken but uh, but yeah. oh yep yep I, I just looked it up and sure enough yeah uh stupid stupid buddy studios uh worked on the animation for this and when I scroll down their their Wikipedia the first thing that popped up was robot chicken. So okay so Good enough. I wasn't tripping, or just hey, big coincidence. Like, nope. Okay, it's, it's the same people. But um, but yeah, like I said, just the you know robot chicken kind of visual style. But of course, you know, twenty twenty one, you know. So uh, 
so yeah, so like I said, it's just kind of just watching, following Modoc on his adventures and stuff. Um, there, there were like a couple of months where I genuinely laughed at just like some of the wild stuff that was going on. Um, and like I said, it, it, it is with, with it being from you know people that worked on Robot Chicken, you should expect it is it, it definitely falls within the adult animated category, and it even has like an MA for mature rating at the beginning of, of the episodes and stuff so say so it's definitely you know bloody you know gory adult themed stuff whatever so like i said just know that going in but um but yeah like i said I, i've liked a couple episodes that i've checked out and um you know plan to to watch more of it um but like i said like i said when we got to like the first maybe two episodes but um yeah, like I said, that's Modoc on Hulu. So, check it out. Man, today, I don't know, what is my my freaking kids are on 100 today. Like, any any odd pauses, cuts, whatever that, that you hear sometimes in my in my episodes or whatever, nine times out of ten is because, you know, kids in the you know, other part of the house screaming, being loud, crazy, whatever. So, you know, if, if, if anybody's ever noticed, like, you know, like, like, like a weird cut or something or whatever, so it's like, okay, wait, did, did he just repeat something again? <laughs> That's probably why. So, uh, anyway, speaking of kids and parents, DuckTales, I am still, you know, slowly, slowly chipping away at that. Uh, you know, I, I just watched that, uh, the Christmas, Christmas episode yesterday. Um, that would have been a season two, episode six of the new DuckTales series. And that episode is really solid. Um, I love the one I just watched um, earlier today. Um, like I said, season two, season two, episode seven. This episode focused solely on uh, Della, solely on Della. Um, here we do in Louie's mom, um, who, like I said, at the end of season one, Currently stuck on the moon, so yeah, like I said, it, it was just it was freaking awesome getting a whole episode dedicated to her and just seeing pretty much her whole timeline up to the current where it was like, okay, hey, you know, she's first going off into space, got hit with that uh, uh, weird anomaly storm or whatever, ends up crash landing on the moon, and she pretty much for years survived off of some freaking some crazy chewing gum. She ended up having to cut off her leg because her leg got trapped underneath like some uh, some debris from the ship falling or from the ship crashing. So she had to chop off her leg. Now she has a robot leg. And like I said, been sustaining herself on this gum. Um, the Scrooge's Inventor dude had made some type of gum that not only allows you to breathe in space, so it gives you oxygen so you can breathe in space, but it also provides like water for hydration and then nutrients in place of food. But the sucky thing, of course, you know, there's always got to be like, oh, this this product sounds too good to be true. The only flavor that he made it in was black licorice. And she was like, who, why, why would you do this? Like, why would you freaking make this amazing product and choose one of the crappiest flavors in the world? It's like, you can do orange, can do strawberry. You know, heck, watermelon, raspberry, something, bubblegum flavor, something. 
black licorice. But hey, she, she survived and it, it is wild that she has been on the moon for freaking 10 years. Cool, like, so we got to see like a little time lapse of, uh, of you know, from when she first crashed to, you know, through throughout the years. And so, yeah, it, it was just like, like, so just like really awesome episode again to see like her character and stuff and, and truly seeing that, okay, yep, yep, I, I can definitely see some, uh, some family ticks because when she gets pissed, she, uh, pulls a Donald Duck and just like goes, it's like super strength. And so I, I really liked how, you know, it was like this, uh, there was this big purple creature thing that kept on attacking her and her ship. It would just like randomly show up out of nowhere. Uh, basically anytime she put out anything like any metal or whatever, when she was like trying to spell out like a help me message from the surface of the freaking moon. So that, Hey, maybe if, you know, Scrooge or somebody on earth is looking up at the moon, they'll see, Hey, Delilah's here alive or Della's here alive. Help. But every time the thing would pop up, mess it up or whatever, and then bounce. And so throughout the whole episode, you're like, why? Like, it is weird that this random creature keeps on attacking her. Because at first I was, I, was like, I was like, it's kind of weird that this creature keeps on trying to keep her there on the planet. And then there was one point, like a few years into this or whatever, she was having a scuffle with the creature. And it was kicking up a big dust cloud. Well, of course, during this time, that's when Scrooge didn't finally, I guess, finally got another spaceship built. And somebody was going out to do recon and to check the moon for signs of life and it happened to be at that same time and all they saw was the dust cloud and so the lady that checked she was like she's like reporting back scrooge it looks like a, a meteor or something hit the moon you know because I, all i see is you no know, just like a big cloud of dust no signs of life so i'm reporting back coming back to earth and then freaking Della was like oh my god really as she sees the ship flying away or whatever. And so, yeah, so that that's when she begins her journey to basically learn how to repair the ship. And then, you know, we get to this moment to where she finally gets the ship fixed and then come to find out like, oh, the ship needs some gold. That's the last piece it needs to, to get powered. So she goes on this journey for months and months and months trying to find gold maybe somewhere on the moon, which would be weird, but hey, she has to look, otherwise she's just going to be forever stuck there. <clears throat> and then, come to find out, she has some gold in her mouth this whole time. One of her teeth fillings was a gold tooth. So she's like, perfect. Let's get the ship up and running. Let's go. The creature shows up again, starts attacking, starts eating away at like, one of the bases of the ship. They start fighting and tussling. And then all of a sudden, like some laser beams comes shooting. And she looks back and it's these two, like, I don't, I don't know if you'll call them Martians, basically like moon people come to help or whatever. And so basically, it's just fast forward a bit where they basically end up telling Della, like, yeah, like that creature has been, you know, basically, you know, quote unquote, terrorizing them for years, years and years and years. And they don't know what to do. Well, when they were talking, the monster popped back up and grabs Della's ship and take the whole thing underground. So 
they, the other them, end up falling on the ground too. And then they discover that this big creature thing or whatever is actually a mom. And she has a little baby that she's been trying to feed. Because apparently whatever creatures they are, they feed off of metal. Um, especially gold. And so you first see this because when Della has the tooth and it's out in the open, the little antennas on the back of the on the head of the little creature start glowing gold and pointing in the direction of gold. <clears throat> and so yeah, so basically, you know, Della being a mother herself ends up helping the creature give them her gold tooth as well as their guns, because their guns, surprise, surprise, had some gold in them as well. Then the creature became docile, and then her and the little baby go off, whatever. Then Della, you know, goes back with the with the moon people, and they open up this gateway to their, to their like, underground area. And, man, it's a whole freaking city that's built into the back side of the moon that kind of like got blasted or whatever has a hole in it. The back side of the moon is a whole city made of gold. And that explains why the creature had been trying to attack them and get into the city because, hey, the thing it and, it, and this baby needs to survive is y'all whole city. So yeah, so now things have come full circle. So now Della is going to work with them on getting her ship up and running. And that was the episode. Like I said, it, it was just freaking awesome just getting a chance to just see after hearing a or, or seeing a whole season, you know, where they talk about, um, you know, where, where they talk about, you know, the kids going through trying to find their mom and all this stuff and hearing stories from Scrooge and Donald and other characters they met along their journey and stuff. To finally, hey, we have a full 23-minute episode about nothing but Della. So, yeah, that was freaking awesome. And so, uh, yeah, can't wait to see more with her and just more of these characters in general. So, yeah, I think that's it for the anime stuff. So, take another quick break and we'll be right back. Alright, so let's go on to some manga. Um, Gonna start off with some... uh. Jujutsu Kaisen manga chapter 149 titled Perfect Preparation Part 2. So, when we start seeing title names and then parts, you know, we, we got us uh, some form of a mini arc, long arc, something going on. So, so yeah, so we're, we're continuing with, you know, Mai and Maki being dragged by their father, both bleeding. And he tosses them. And so, so yeah, so he tosses them into this uh, chamber. Um, after he basically, he, he has like a little talk with them as he's dragging them. Talking about, as I said, I did not become the previous head of the, you know, of the family because of you two. My older brother's curse technique doesn't have much of a history, so his technique wasn't was not an important factor in the, in the dispute. As a sorcerer, I have only ever been inferior to him in one aspect, and that is the quality of my children. Children must not hold back their parents. 
and and yeah, so yeah, he tosses them into this room, and he says that basically, uh, you know, this is you know, this room is for training and discipline. As we just hear all these curses in the room, just saying a bunch of just random stuff. I can't hear you. Who is that? You know. Yeah, fine. Squeeze it vertically, and so on and so forth. You know, as uh, as their their father just continues saying, you know, we keep countless grade two and lower cursed spirits here. For now, they're keeping back for fear of me, but soon they will emerge to eat you both. And so, you know, he's like he's like heavenly restricted, physically gifted. You know, what are those things? In order to fight, we sorcerers train every day and further reinforce our flesh with cursed energy. Maki, your strength is nothing special compared to others. Farewell, you are a stain on my life. Wow. A parent saying that to their kid. Man, that is brutal. And so we get a moment to where, you know, Mai is sitting there with Maki in her lap her head in her lap saying, you know, as usual, you're tough. I suspected this day, this would happen someday. This sucks. As we see both of them kind of like going to this like dream world or something. As Ma says, you probably already understand my curse technique. I can't make anything big or complicated. I'm, I'm heavily injured from his cuts. So once I make this, I'll die. Good luck on your own. As she's so like wherever they are, it's, it looks like a beach area. So I don't know if this is like a domain or whatever what this is, but she's like walking out into the water wherever this realm or whatever is, and she, you know she's saying bye to Maki. As Maki's like, hey, wait, what are you talking about? Come back here. And then Mai is like, I knew a long time ago why twins are. Inospious for sorcerers. To gain something, you must offer something. And I'm not just talking about a binding vow. In the same way, suffering makes us stronger. For us twins, that rule doesn't always apply. After all, cursed techniques treat identical twins as one. Get it? You are me and I am you. Even if you work insanely hard because you want to get strong, there's no point. Because I don't want to get because I don't want to get stronger. And this is my still talking. And if you don't have a curse technique, but I do, then there's no point. As long as I'm around, you, Maki, will never fully develop. And then Maki's running towards us saying, Okay, I get it, and I come back. And then Ma's like, I'll leave only this, throw the rest away. And she basically leaves like a flower or something in her hand. And she says, I'll take the cursed energy and everything with me, but promise me one thing. Destroy everything. Everything, big sister. As, you know, they come to, and then Maki wakes up and she's like, Ma, wake up, Ma, wake up. As all the curses starts to run and surround them. And then the dad gets like 
feels like some pressure coming from the room as he turns around he's like the curse spirits are gone how and then he's like my body remembers but I tried so hard to forget this fear and he is remembering okay it is a Toshi Fushiguro uh, Megumi's dad and so we'd like this panel where Maki flexing similar pose to where uh, to what uh, Fushiguro was looking like and so Maki's dad basically starts charging as he's like you know technique release blazing courage he's like he's like very well with my own hands I will burn you to the bone and then Maki oh snap I did not catch this earlier I totally did not catch this earlier. Mikey sliced off the top of her dad's head. Talk about live reaction. Because I did not catch that earlier. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. And then it's, uh, at least, at least I think she cut it off because he's screaming, yes, yeah, so let us fight my worthless child. And then, yeah, the panel next to it looks like the top of his head is, like, falling off as we see, like, Maki swinging her sword. And then she's like, my, let's get started. So, like I said, unless I miss, unless I miss reading what I'm looking at, because that totally did not click in my head that, you know, on the side panel, her sword is flicking up. And then over here to the side, it's like her dad's head, but then, like, Basically, like, like, from like his like eyebrows up, it's falling over to the side. Yo, <laughs> Maki just bited her dad. So, whoa, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This this about to get wild. So, uh, yeah, freaking yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen chapter one forty nine. Um, it freaking sucks. You know, once again, you know, you know, characters, you know, passing and stuff. But you know, I I saw somebody mention earlier this that it's like it's like my possibly had like one of like the more like normal deaths, so to speak, because you know she went out her own. She didn't get mangled and maimed and you know disfigured and all this other crazy stuff that, that have happened to other people that have died in the series. But um, but yeah, like her sacrificing herself to you know in order for her for her sister Maki to to be able to unlock her full potential so yeah we, we gonna see where this is going but um one, one idea I was thinking about when I was looking at some stuff earlier I was like I was like oh let me see if I can find out you know maybe Maki on one of the uh volume covers and then I was looking through I was like oh okay she hasn't been on a volume cover yet and so, honestly, I would not be surprised if whenever they get to putting these chapters into a volume, I would love it if either they have her on the cover herself or if they do her and Mai on the cover together. Because if Mai's dead, there ain't going to be no other chance for them to really do that. Um, you know, unless they do like a flashback or who knows what later on. But, um, but yeah, so Jujutsu Kaisen, some good stuff, chapter 149. Next up, we got My Hero Academia. 
manga chapter 313 titled High Speed Long Range Mobile Cannon. And so we pretty much kick off right with uh, All Might in the All Might Mobile. <laughs> nah, but we, we later find out he, he named his car uh, Hercules. But, um, but yeah, we, we see a couple of father, father characters jumping in, trying to attack him with like these like explosive sticks or something. And so, and so, yeah, so All Might, you know, is saying, you know, they aren't mere thieves. I sense clear murderous intent. If this isn't a, a dumb prank, then they're trying to split me and the boy up. The boy is being targeted by an assassin. And so All Might jumps out of the car right as it explodes. And then one of the little villains is like, is like that, that's All Might. And the other dude is like, don't wimp out now. You know what we're here for. Besides, check out his wasted body. The real All Might died a long time ago. And like, darn right. And then basically All Might basically gives him like, yo, stand aside. You know, that boy has borne so much more than I ever have. A burden I forced on him, and he still idolizes me. The day that anything happens to that kid is the day I die. As he, we get like this just awesome panel of just like, you know, all might just a face shot. And it just looks so you can just see the intensity, the intensity. As all might just like, yo, back the F up. Just because I ain't swollen like I used to. Don't F with me, bruh. And so the two uh, villains just kind of, you know, fall down in fear, you know, as we transition over to uh, to Deku and Lady Nagant. Lady Nagant. And uh, Deku's zipping around the city or they're trying to close the distance on her as he gets hit from behind with some uh, a blade or something. And then, of course, you know, Deku's like, he's like, how, <laughs> you know? He's like, you know, you know, hitting me from behind would only be possible with some kind of remote control quirk or, you know, or, or is somebody helping her out or what's the case? And then he's like, wait, no, why didn't I consider the possibility before? So we get this elegant panel of Lady Nagant skywalking through the air. Air walking, skywalking, whatever you want to call it. With her sniper rifle aimed behind her back. And she is shooting shots behind her. And the bullets are curving. Like I said, she is shooting behind her. No look scope. Behind her. Bullets going out. Curving around whole skyscrapers. To hit Deku. And so, so yeah, so, yeah, Deku realizes it, and he's like, that shot hit me in the back, came from the side, came from the side with a wicked curve, and he's like, the closer we are, the more intuitively she can shoot, and the less need there is for her to calculate my position. So, yeah, so Deku's little plan, it's like, oh, hey, okay, she's a a long-distance sniper, you know, she can hit anything from three kilometers away. I'll just close the distance or whatever. But it's like he just kind of effed himself over because because now with him being closer, she doesn't need extra prep time and all that stuff to, to get the shots. So 
you know, so yeah, so he can, you know, continues like, you know, um, you know, being closer means quicker shots in succession. You know, he's like even the fourths, you know, uh, danger sense can't really help him with that. And so he's like, okay, maybe the sixth. And so he activates the smoke screen quirk. And then Lady Nagant's like, okay, all right, this kid has another quirk. Okay, he's got secrets for days. And then the sixth pops out, pops out and bonks him on the head. And is like, yo, ninth, did you already forget? The more smoke you put out, the more you put yourself at risk. And then Deku basically is like, like, I know basically I have a plan. I'm not trying to escape. I'm trying to buy time. And then... And then the six is like, yo, don't do not do it. That's too dangerous. As we get some flashbacks to Deku talking to the third user, you know, as the third is telling him, I know exactly what you're trying to do, but you're not proficient enough yet. You've admitted it yourself. You haven't even tried. You haven't even tested my quirk yet before, before adding it to your parallel process. You need to get a feel for how it works. And so the parallel process, so, yeah, so Deku had been trying to get better at using more of the quirks simultaneously, you know, more efficiently. But yeah, but yeah, the third is like, yo, dude, like you, you know, you're trying to just, you know, you're trying to add my quirk into the mix and you haven't even used it yet. And so, and so, yeah, so Deku is like, yo, it's too, it's a bit too late for that. You know, once Lady Nagant tells me what I need to know, all for one is Shigaraki or a next. So Deku put on the big boy pants as he's like, I guess I'll learn this one on the fly. And he's like, sorry to use your cape like this, Gran Torino. And he's like, the third's quirk. And he says, Fajin. As we just see, like, I can't tell if it's just like, it's like smoke surrounding him or, or if something else is going on. Or like lines, I don't know. It's about some. It's hard to tell like what's going on, but then we get this freaking badass panel of Lady Nagant floating in there with her sniper arm, and then she, the sniper arm spirals up into a uh, into a scope made from her arm rifle thing, and it just looks so freaking cool. But yeah, she's looking through the smoke. And basically, Deku was sending out a bunch of decoys. He sends Grant Serino's cape one way. He sends his backpack and something else, his uh, hood in a different direction or whatever. It, it looks like it looks like he used black smoke to send those out or whatever. And then she's like, you know, hide in the smoke all you like. You won't get away. And then Deku pops up behind her from coming from... Uh, going through a building, at least that's what it looks like. Like he went up from underground or something through the building and snuck up on her. He's like, "Too bad, I'm not in the smoke." As he gets a hand on her, and so, so yeah, like I said, it's it's tough to try to tell like what exactly he did. Does this does this quirk like let him like burrow underground or what exactly is going on? Because like I said, it definitely looks like he came up from through the building because at least like, like the roof of the building looks destroyed um but yeah I, I cannot wait to see what this is and like what and what exactly did Deku do like I said like just him just being like fudging and so 
So yeah, so just trying to see like what the heck that even means. Um, actually, let's do some some live uh, looking and researching. So from what I can tell, so so the term five gen um, is a term used in Chinese martial arts, um, uh, particularly uh, internal martial arts such as Tai Chi is listed as one of them. And then the meaning says it means to issue or discharge power explosively or refining the explosive power and is not uh, specific to any type, to any particular striking method. And so it says with this definition in mind, a boss, a boxer is also capable of Fajin. Um, however, in context of internal martial arts, the term usually refers to a set of methods to generate and focus force resulting in physical feats and far less visual, visual, physical expression, such as the one pinch punch. The heck is that? So, um, so yeah, it's freaking Deku. Like, is he boosting up some some hand-to-hand -hand techniques or something? You know, Deku out here about to be on some uh, some uh, Taijutsu. Uh, which actually, hey, the freaking, this this term comes from Tai Chi. So, well, yeah, Deku about to be on some uh, some hand-to-hand -hand, uh, business out here. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see more of these quirks and so and honestly I'm, I'm very surprised i was not expecting us to see the third quirk already so what they're saying here is it's like okay like like then we definitely are probably going to see the uh the fourth quirk way sooner than than later um but uh at least that, that's what i'm expecting because like i said i was not expecting this but, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely hope that we get a bit more explanation next chapter as to like how exactly this term relates to how Deku is using it. Um, but yeah, it's just really cool just seeing Deku stay learning, growing, flexing, and, and, and doing some really cool moves. So yeah, it's My Hero Academia 313. Next up, we have uh, Dr. Stone, manga chapter 197, titled A Stony Eden and Its Forbidden Fruit. Now, in hindsight, <laughs> that title is very, very foreshadowing. But at the moment, I just kind of just breezed through it. I really even read the Stony Eden part. I just really read the Forbidden Fruit. And I was like, ah, whatever. But, um,. But yeah, we continue with, you know, Senku just waking up and and Suika talking to him and she's like, you know, it took me it took me so many years to pull off. I failed over and over and over again. And then, you know, Senku's looking at, you know, how she did it. He sees that oh oh she made a she made a field for the nitric acid, nitric acid. And he's like, Yeah, that, that met that one method takes a lot of time. But as long as you go slow and steady, step by step, you're 10 billion percent guaranteed to get revival fluid. You did good, Suica. As you get this really cute panel of our now older, mid to late teens, Suica. 
Um, and so, yeah, so basically, you know, she was like, she was like, well, uh, you know, I only made enough for one person. And then, you know, uh, is basically like, hey, for, uh, you know, basically she, she did good for, for considering all things considered. And then Senku basically is like, right, I'll take it over from here. And he's like, you know, time for my first scientific uh, create-a-thon in seven years. And within one day, he makes <laughs> some nitric acid, something that took her freaking like five plus years to make. He did it in one day. And then, and then, you know, she's like, she's like, that took me years. You're just too awesome. And he's like, well, you know, it's just a different method. As long as we've got platinum, it's a piece of cake. And so, so yeah, so uh, over the course of a couple of weeks, um, 16 days to be exact, they make more. And so, and so, uh, so yeah, because yeah, Senku was like, was like, okay, all we need is alcohol. And he's like, that's going to take half a month to ferment. And then we have, hey, 16 days later, they make 16 more bottles of, uh, of Rapapa fluid and they, they, uh, wake up Kohaku next and then, you know, her and Suika reunite and it is funny, cute seeing this now because Suika, the person, she's like, oh, Kohaku and she's like, we're around the same age now, so I guess I can't exactly ask for a classic Kohaku hug anymore as they both, you know, hug each other and then we slowly see Everybody else, the rest of the crew, slowly starting to you know get woken up and stuff, and then um, and then the old man, uh, I think it's Kaseki, you know, is like is like, you know, um, every time I get revived, my creaky bones feel better than ever, and he's like, if if you keep petrifying me now and every now and then, this old fossil might live to see the end of this adventure, and then, and then you know, Suika's talking to him like, hey, you know, I'm a little older now. And she and they're like, uh, you know, before I know it, you youngsters will be an old timer like me. And then, and so yeah, so everybody's still, you know, coming back. And then, let's see. And then yeah, then Sukasa gets waking up. And then he first thing he asks is how is uh, Hyoga. And then he's like, you know, did he get, you know? And then Sinku's like, oh, the last dose of the rubber fluid is for him. And so they use it, and then uh, uh, Sukasa is like, "Can he really be revived?" And so they pour it on him, and he wakes up. And of course, Sukasa is baffled. Everybody else is happy and cheering, but but everybody wasn't there with with and know what happened to Hyoga them before they got petrified. And so, uh, first I want to say it's just very cool and cute that he wakes up and, cause you know, he usually has this scarf thing blocking like his lower half of his face. Now he has like a few giant leaves wrapped around his bottom half of his head. <laughs> just found that funny that, you know, he's, uh, still keeping it covered. But yeah, so everybody, you know, is kind of just hanging out and chilling and, uh, and having a good time by the, uh, by the fire and then you know the uh the the ship dude is like you know um we're starting our journey tomorrow you know we resume our journey to revive our people in the u.s and japan and treasure island 
all over the world. He's like, but tonight we feast for to victory, and they're all hanging out. And so, yeah, so the night goes on, and then Chrome, you know, steps you know, off whatever to go pee, and he notices that Senku and Hyoga are having a little conversation off to the side. And so, and so, uh, so yeah, and so, yeah, Sukasa is like, is like, right, since he lost his consciousness, Hyoga himself had no way to realize that back there, he was really dead. And so, yeah, so, you know, Hyoga got really messed up, you know, when they were trying to escape Stanley them or whatever. And so, Senku tell, or Sukasa tells Senku that enough time passed to be for sure that my eyes didn't deceive me. You know, that Hyoga really was dead. And so, uh, Senku's like, your testimony is as, is as good as gold, Sukasa. And then Senku has like a worried look on his face. And he's like, well, actually, you know, ever since you snapped my neck and I put you into cold sleep, I've been tossing around a hypothesis. Now we've got solid proof from this unplanned death-defying experiment. And then Sukasa agrees, and he's like, mm-hmm. And they both think, you know, or one of them thinks the petrification, the petrification device can even nullify death. Which means, at this very moment, we, the humans of Earth, all of us, are now immortal. Take a second to let those freaking words sit in. Senku them just said that now they are freaking immortal, cannot die. And the last things they say is, uh, why man's Dr. Stone is a scientific taboo not meant for humanity, our own forbidden fruit. As we get this like awesome like double page spread where they say, as they stand under the moon saying we are now immortal. And then on the other side, we get like these like creepy looking fingers holding up the petrification device um, with the Y man's face in the back. And then on the other side, we see the image of Adam and Eve, you know, getting the fruit from the tree and with the snake and all that stuff. And so, yeah, the uh, the game has changed. Now the the, the pretty much this freaking petrification device more or less makes them gods in some sense, like immortal gods. And yeah. And 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 one one thing, I guess like once like I don't know if I really say concern, but just one thing I'm curious about like how this will be handled going forward in the series because now with us having this knowledge that they're essentially immortal, you know it's like, it's like, what does that mean for the stakes for any upcoming fights and battles? Because, because now, okay, oops, somebody's getting hurt or whatever. All right, cool. Hey, just, you know, one minute, one second, turn them to stone, pour some fluid on them, bring them back. It, it, it's basically, it's, it's, it's like getting, it's like getting unlimited lives in a video game. You know, it's, it's, it's like they entered in a cheat code. To get unlimited health or some crazy mess. And so. 
So yeah, so th this is just very wild and like I said, very unexpected. You know, of course, hey, like like Senku said, you know, thinking back on stuff across the series, it makes sense logically, and and that's one thing I like about the series is that usually when they say something or whatever, there's been stuff set up or put in place that kind of backs up, you know, theories and stuff, whatever. So, yeah, freaking have some immortal beings on our hand now, and yeah, and you know, like I said, it's, it's right now it's just Chrome and, and Senku. I mean, uh, Senku and Tsukasa uh, talking about this, but uh, but with Chrome overhearing, wait, I'm just wondering, like, basically, how, like, what is Chrome going to do next? You know, is he going to go to the rest of the group, or is that going to be a conversation conversation they're going to have with the wider group? Is that even is that even information that more people should know? You know, because because yeah, because it, it's just going to create some. Uh, potentially messy stuff, you know, you got uh, people knowing that, oh, hey, I can do whatever I want, you know, because, you know, because we're immortal, we can't die, so I'm gonna just do the dumbest crap I can think of, so, so, yeah, yeah, man, just not another freaking great episode, great chapter of, um, Dr. Stone, 197, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, all this stuff with, uh, Suica, Growing up and learning, you know, over those years by herself and, you know, reviving everybody to now getting this information as we head into another big milestone for the series, Chapter 200. I'm curious, like, what wild stuff is about to happen, you know, because um, like I said, because th this stuff I was not expecting, like, like the whole freaking fight between Stanley them and then like Kohaku and everybody getting blasted and literally like in the case of Hyoga literally killed to you know uh, the seven year petrification with a good chunk of that being Suica alone for five plus years to now everybody's back and then even Hyoga's back and now they're finding out okay they're freaking pretty much immortal uh, with with the petrification device, I should make sure I clarify that caveat. But yeah, man, this is freaking wild. So yeah, man, freaking yeah, Doctor Stone. All right, so I'll just uh quickly just kind of touch on uh, Mashal of uh, you know Magic and Muscles chapter sixty three. So so we you know just have the continued fight between. Wahlberg and crew versus uh, Innocent Zero. And so basically Wahlberg ends up, well, Innocent Zero summons these like weird demon creature things or whatever um, that apparently have the strength of like double liners. But Wahlberg does something to unfreeze everybody within the immediate vicinity of him and basically gets those students and stuff to fight those creatures while... He, uh, Wahlberg takes Innocent Zero to another plane. Now, when that happened, you know, because Wahlberg was like, here, we will not be interrupted. Immediate death flags. You know, <laughs> for me, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, immediate death flags. I'm like, I'm like, we see this all the time, especially in Shonen, to where, you know, a, a teacher, the head person of a school or whatever, um, ends up doing something thinking like, oh, hey, you know, I can hold off this villain and then, 
you know, they end up just being, you know, a speed bump, you know, a, a, along the way for the villain. But, um, but yeah, so Wahlberg tried to teleport him away. And then we see some humongous giant spike ball thing in the sky as, you know, somebody is about to bring this down on everyone. Um, and, and the guy that does it, I can't remember what his name was, but we saw him like at the beginning of the series and they touch on that, touch on that at, the, at the end of the chapter. But, um, but yeah, so basically they notice or everybody notices that the creatures are not, you know, messing with MASH. And so they, you know, so they were like, hey, we need you to take down that villain. So the villain with the giant spike ball thing, he's on top of this giant spikes pillar that's going up into the sky. And so, yeah, so basically they're like, hey, you know, we need you to go take care of this. And MASH runs up to it. And then one of the guys is like, so the problem is climbing that thing is going to take too long, not to mention he'll be a target the whole way through. And in typical MASH fashion, he literally kicks pieces of the tower off like he's chopping a freaking tree. And he just does it over and over and over until the guy is ground level with him. <laughs> and so the guy's like, we meet again, MASH Bernadette. And he's like, destroying my tower did nothing. You must defeat. And then MASH has like the uh, the derpy look on the face saying like, yeah, it been, been a while. Um, we um, sat next to each other at the entrance ceremony, right? <laughs> and so the dude just has like this like, just like shocked, ain't, you know, just like ticked off face or whatever. And uh, yeah, that, that's the chapter. So yeah, we got a mash about to face off with this dude. I'm, I'm, gonna, have, I'm gonna have to go back through to the beginning of the uh, mob. So yeah, you're gonna, gonna see, uh, but yeah, I'm about to, like I said, go back in, see, and refresh my memory on who this dude is. Like I said, I definitely for sure remember his face, but yeah, it's just a matter of like, of like what context like or like what really happened um you know re regarding him with with the series and stuff so yeah just do, do a little refresher with that but yeah that's a uh, Mashal chapter 60 I think it was 63 and you got some kaiju number eight manga chapter 34 so yeah you got this like really cool cover with uh Kafka in his kaiju form, but just like all these chains going all across the page and around his body and stuff. So, so, so that looks really cool. But yeah, so like I said, it's just kind of a uh, a follow up, you know. Of course, to the last chapter with um with you no know, Kafka getting captured, and then you know, just everybody just kind of sharing their sharing their thoughts and stuff. And so. Um, the commander comes back and she tells everybody, you know, that like, you know, they're they're transferring to, to another division, that it, you know, it's a temporary measure, um, as a result of the kaiju disaster, and then you know talking about how hey, first it was kaiju, you know, number nine, the number ten, you know, the the die kaiju keep coming, and the top brass suspect one thing: this might be a series of continuing cataclysms. And so, uh, so one of the guys is like, well, there's, there's more to come. And then, and so, yeah, so they're basically, she's like, you know, we just need to 
to prepare, we need to train, we need to get stronger, and that there's going to be some cross-training with some of the other divisions and stuff, and so that is pretty exciting to hear, so kind of potentially get to expand our cast of characters and and meet, um, you know, more and more, uh, potentially maybe some more cool people, and so we kind of switch over to the director saying, state your business, uh, Kikaru, um, and this is the young uh, prodigy lady that was on Kafka's group. And so basically she was just trying to make a case for for why Kafka, you know, should be set free and all this stuff. And then, you know, she even says, you know, he has personally saved my life. And then he just calls her a pathetic fool. And this is kind of where we get the reminder slash reveal. I can't remember which of, uh, of that the director is her dad. And so he basically just tells her that like, you know, uh, Ashiro already reporting all that to me, you know, and you're here to tell me about your worthless failures. And then, you know, he shows her the x-rays saying, you know, the x- the, these are x-rays of his body. And he's made one, and uh, he's made that thing on the left side of his chest look like a heart, but it's a core. And it's saying, you know, um, you know, he is no human, he's a kaiju. Of the same of the same scourge that killed your mother, and if you understand, leave. And she pulls the you know, daddy. You know, um, even so, I still want to believe in him. And so, yeah, we switch over to Kafka, as we see some. You know, as he's still sitting there saying, you know, basically trying to figure like how to, you know, he just needs a chance to uh, prove that he's a human so he can get back to everybody. And then the director comes in with a, with a goon squad. And then they basically, you know, uh, the, the director tells the guys like, hey, you know, let us change this. Let, let him let release his restraints. Saying, you know, have have you, you know, they're, you know, one of the guys is like, but, but, but sir, but, but sir, he, he's kaiju number eight. He's too dangerous. And the director is like, stares and like, hey boy, have you forgotten who I am? I am that dude. I ain't get to be director for nothing. And then plus he's like, he's like, he's like, this dude is a daikaiju level threat. Do you really think he can just break those, you know, if he wanted to? And then he's like, you know, he's here of his own free will. And then Kafka thinks like, oh, hey, he's going to hear me out. And he's like, director, I'm human and I, and he just pulls a gun out, shoots a blast at him. And Kafka luckily, luckily transforms his arm and blocks the shots. Um, as he's like, what, what's the meaning of this, sir? And then the director just speed blitzes Kafka and just fingers directly into his, his uh, right side rib cage area, just fingers into body. And you know, just basically just pulls it out, and just to get a uh, blood sample. And then the director's like, "I'll let you in on a little secret. In this world, a life form that can stop bullets with their bare skin can never be considered human." Kaiju number eight, as he pours uh, Kafka's blood that he got from him into this vial. So. So yeah, so the the director just proves automatically like, hey, once again, old men in anime and manga, do not f with them, 
because you don't know what techniques and stuff these dudes have. Like I said, the way he was able to just speed blitz, it was like it was like he fired the shot one second, Kafka blocked. Next thing you know, dude got fingers in your rib cage or in the, in the side of your body, just uh, just gripping. And so, uh, yeah, that that was some wild stuff. But yeah, Kaiju number eight continued to be some uh, some cool and some interesting stuff. All right, and just some, just some, just some like little, like manga cleanup stuff. I just kind of just want to just talk about it in general. Um, I need to catch up. I'm a couple of chapters behind on My Hero Academia Vigilantes. Um, and let's see, haven't read Dragon Ball Super in a in a while. Uh, need to catch up. Need to catch up on Sakamoto Days. And. Black Clover. I'm actually, I'm like five chapters behind Black Clover. I don't know. I just kind of like haven't really had the the urge to really breed Black Clover in a while, but maybe I'll do that over the next week or so. I don't know. Um, but one idea I kind of want to toss out because I have heard some good stuff about this series. This series called uh, um, Mission Yokozura Family. And like the little thing says, no romance, a crazy overprotective brother and spies. So I heard somebody, there was a video I watched a while back where somebody was talking about spy family. And then they were bringing, they were mentioning this series as a comparison. So honestly, I had little to no interest in this series before because honestly, just like the name alone and like the general cover, I never really paid much attention. I was like, eh, don't know what this is, don't care. But then hearing somebody say that, it gives them similar vibes to Spy Family in some way. I'm like, okay. So, so yes, I'm just curious to know if anybody out there that's listening has read this series and what they think about it. But I think I'm thinking what I might do because right now the series is up to 83 chapters. So I think this would be something I'm gonna put in the pipeline. Um, and I think that. Around the time it hits chapter 100 is when I'm going to start reading it. Um, you know, so that that's like a handful of months away. Because um, what, like 17 chapters away, roughly. So, so yeah, so I, I thought, I was like, you know what, it's getting close to, you know, a, a big milestone. So maybe I'll just wait for that and then that'll be something like I said, just to put on the calendar for, you know, uh, a few months from now. So yeah, looking at the calendar, luckily maybe, and of course there's breaks and who knows what factored in, but we're probably looking at it like around somewhere between September and November um, for that. So like I said, which would be fine for me because hey, I do not need to read everything right now. <laughs> I need to, like I said, try to plan stuff out. Now, there might be a day to where maybe I get bored and maybe I'll do um, a read up to chapter 50 or something because that is something for like for like certain series that I'm maybe not reading or keeping up with. I think 50 is a solid like check-in points you know, for stuff that I might would do like a solo episode for by themselves or something. I don't know, like so just giving my initial thoughts. So maybe I'll do that. Um, if, if at some point between now and this fall, I'm needing something to to read, which I doubt because I still got all this freaking 20th century boys to get through and 
Vinland Saga, and now I'm interested in this uh, Smoking Parade, and you know, I'm still got to finish Claymore, and there's always something to read. I got all these, got these Marvel comic stuff. I still got to read the Iron Heart and the uh, that other Marvel like team up one with uh, Miss Marvel and Miles Morales and all of them. So, so yeah, so I, I have no shortage of stuff to to occupy my reading for for many weeks and months to come. So, but yeah, like I said, just kind of just wanted to touch base on that a little bit. Of just put that out there. Like I said, if anybody out there is reading. Like I said, Mission Yokozura Family. Let me know what you think. And, and if and if it really is, you know, worth me uh, checking out and stuff. So, because, cause, you know, y'all know how much I've been liking and enjoying Spy Family. So, getting something else that's maybe in the roughly same ballpark or whatever, I would uh, definitely be down for it to, to uh, read and check out. So, so yeah, so I think that's it. Gonna take a last little break, then we're gonna wrap this bad boy up for the day. Alrighty, y'all. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Bad Needs to Talk. As always, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Um, looks like this one is gonna be a, a, a very, very big boy podcast. <laughs> um, but hey. It's fine. It, it, it happens. If we got stuff to say and to talk about, you know, we'll just we'll just let the, let the recording ride on. Uh, heck, I, I guess one thing is, you know, you won't be able to say, hey, well, which Robert would talk more? <laughs> you know, well, maybe somebody out there is, but you know, can't say I, I don't provide enough content. You know, it's like you're like, you give too much content. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, but yeah, as usual, um, thank you for listening. Like I said. Like the podcast, follow the podcast, subscribe on whatever podcast service you use, share it out on your social medias, tell a friend, um, let's, let's get the word out there, or let's get the word out there, let's conquer the, the world um, together, but, um, but yeah, but seriously though, love y'all, thank y'all for listening, um, as always, all my stuff can be found at daddystotalk.com. Twitter is at Dad Needs to Talk. Um, if you ever need to email me about anything, it's it's uh, dnttpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, I hope y'all have an awesome week. Like I said, check out some of that other stuff. If you, you know, if, if you're out there with something in mind that you've been wanting to do, wanting to try something that you wanted to take that first step into, um, I encourage you to go listen to my previous one, my previous podcast episodes where I did a whole discussion and talking about that and my experiences both currently and in the past with, you know, the fear, anxiety, all that stuff of stepping into something new, the great unknown, but as I said on there, and I'll say again, you can do it, believe in yourself, I believe in you, um, yeah, get out there and, and make some moves, you know, read, read that book you've been wanting to read for a long time, go out to the park for, the, for a walk you've been wanting to do for a while, try out that new food, 
whatever it is that has been on your mind that you've been hesitant about doing, um, do it. You know, it's, it's, it's always that doing the first episode, you know, turning that first page, making that first phone call. It's always tough, but like I said, you can do it. Yeah, um, that's gonna do it. Like I said, like the show, share it with your friends, and I'll catch you guys and gals and everybody in the world on the next one. Bye, peace.